Welcome to Ear Full of Dirt, bringing you the latest Major League Rugby news, views, and abuse. Now here are your hosts, Aaron, Dan, and Victor. And we're live. Welcome to Ear Full of Dirt. And I'm Aaron Castro, one of your hosts. We're the Major League Rugby Podcast. I'm out of Mesa, Arizona, joined by Victor Perez, Dan Brown, out of New York City, New York, Josh Fredland in Denver. How's it going tonight? Good. Good. Yeah. Hello, dear listeners. Welcome to Your Full of Dirt. I'm well. I'm ready for another round of action. I don't know why everyone's laughing. <laughs> All right. Me, I'm not sure why everyone's laughing. Meanwhile, our producer, Corey Munson, is in Iowa. He's hanging out in the comments section. He's on Twitter. Hashtag EODpod. Hit him up. Um, for questions and comments. For those new to the podcast, each Monday night we discuss news and rumors from Major League Rugby, the United States Professional Rugby Union competition. It's a chance to discuss the issues, hear from the league and team leadership, and check in with our friends from across the U.S. rugby scene. Please give us a five-star review. and You'll get a shout-out, perhaps some merch, when this thing picks up speed. And this week, we've got... Damn. So this week, well, this week we have me, yes. Um, <laughs> this week, more importantly, the rundown we got going on, uh, Houston defeats James Bay. We give our ARC preview and talk some San Diego Legion, which finally came out with some uh, some big news. Uh, with all that said, let's get down to it. What do you say, James Bay? James Bay Athletic Association versus the Houston Sabercats. Full-time, 42-13, Sabercats. So James Bay brought a team of giants to bear against the Sabercats. Not a man under six foot. Uh, James Bay was a team with a lot of representative side players in the CRC. And, you know, they were even missing their, their, all their national team guys. So even more, some more experience, unlike the experience that you, uh, university of British Columbia old boys brought, uh, we've seen rapid learning and improvements from the Sabercats. A bit banged up in the front row and the back three, it didn't seem to matter. You saw um, a shift in the back line with Osea Kalinasau moving to the open side wing. Uh, that proved to be pretty dangerous. James Bay kept it close early, but in the second half, it opened up and the boys up front and a prop try with Kenneth Hepburn. Victor, offload to you, man. Awesome. So as past games, the Sabercats put the tempo uh, but penalties derail the perfect game, in my opinion. Uh, and, of course, the wet terrain did not make things easier for ball handling and, and kicking. Now, James, Burr, uh, James Bay excuse me, uh, had several opportunities to score with all the penalties offered by Houston, but the physicality of the home side in scrum and line-out proved to be the factors uh, of, a, of a winning score. Uh, also, shout out real quick to the last try, uh, which was by uh, Carl Assumption, the captain, uh, which he kicked ahead and picked up the ball to score, which is not something very common amongst forwards, especially for the fact that he's a huge lock on top of that. Uh, keep in mind, guys, that this upcoming Saturday, the Silver Cats play against the Capital Selects, and after their match against the Nora Gold, where they lost to a score of 68-15, I'm definitely putting my trust on Houston to do something very similar to that. So, you know, they're going to hit the capital selects. Uh, you know, they're, I think they're going to hit them hard. 
I think you're going to see a lot of guys get rest. I think you're going to see guys that haven't played at all um, even get starts. Um, you know why? Because you have to evaluate players. Uh, you just, I mean, I heard it from is it, um, Ryan Fitzgerald. They had 42 guys in camp. So that means there's like seven guys in NOLA camp that, because they're only pushing their training squad to 35, that are going to get cut. So I don't know if it's like that for the Sabercats, but you still have to evaluate players against live competition. And by the way, I believe someone mentioned that it's Military Appreciation Night that Saturday, right, Josh? Yeah, it's Military Appreciation Night. That'll be fun. So, uh, I mean, all you veterans, get out. It'll be an awesome night. Watch some rugby. Mm-hmm. And moving on yeah. to the America's Rugby Championship. Well, guys, apparently we're late because, uh, well, Canada played Uruguay and because of World Cup qualifiers. Uh, last week was the start of the ARC. Mm-hmm. Yes, it Victor. was. Well, guys, uh, speaking a bit of the, of the America's Rugby Championship, and specifically of the of the Eagle squad, I have high expectations for this year's Eagles uh, uh, playing at home against Argentina 15s uh, this upcoming Saturday, playing in, in the Sub-Up Center in Los Angeles. Uh, but um, the, the specter of the Argentina 15s still lingers uh, as these players uh, play against each other and with each other uh, quite often. So they, of course, they know they know they know each other quite well in comparison to the Eagle Squad, which comes in and practices for about a week. Now, speaking of which, they actually had a match against uh, the Jaguares, which is the Super Rugby franchise. In case you don't know my name, uh, they lost that match, thirty-one to twelve. But of course, that's a great um, experience uh, going into the match which definitely will help them uh, play against the, the Eagles in Los Angeles. Now, I'm still going to give the nod, obviously, to the Eagles as a fan myself, but we'll see what happens. Um, also, as you know, Canada is going to be playing Uruguay in the second round uh, for the qualifiers of the 2019 Rugby World Cup. And they're playing in, Mon- in Montevideo in the, in the famous Estadio Charua, or the Charua Stadium. Uh, now, Canada is suffering lately with all the injuries of their top overseas, overseas players, and that has caused them, obviously, a loss to Uruguay, uh, 38 to 29. Uh, and by the way, Uruguay is a team that's on an upward uh, trajectory, and is and that is very sim- and a team that's very similar to Argentina 15 in that the players again know each other, and and all play in the country, of course. It's possible for Canada to win the the, the match in Montevideo, but it, it won't be easy. And then finally, the other match in the America's Rugby Championship is going to be uh, Chile versus Brazil. That's going to be in Santiago, in the capital. And Chile comes into its third year in the ARC with several players from their under-20s program, plus a couple of players uh, based in Europe, as well as Nicola Bersic, that plays in Ola Gold. And the team had a match in November, uh, in the November season, just one against the Germany side that was made up of second and third choice players since the main team uh, actually boycotted the Union, and that led to a 30-10 to 10, uh, victory uh, for the Chileans. But in all honesty, I think it's going to be another dead rubber year for Chile as they lost another head coach in Frenchman Bernard Aaron, please help me out with that last name. Chadier? 
career is what I'm going to say. Um, yeah, because my, you know how my Francais is. Charrier. Charrier. Uh, Charles. Charrier. There you go, Merci beaucoup. Of course. And and by the way, Mr. Bernard, I just gonna call him Bernard, uh, complained about not being able to implement his game plan with the team. And their previous coach, by the way, New Zealander Paul Healy, complained about the same thing as well as the union itself. Now, uh, like I said, the match is going to be in Santiago and with the home advantage, that can be the difference between winning and losing. Now, speaking of Brazil, uh, they're pretty much about to take the, the third place of Chile in South America as a whole. And they're coming from a somewhat successful November season where they played and defeated Belgium. A very tight score. I forget the, the score, actually. Uh, but they lost to Spain and they lost to the original Germany team, unlike Chile. I'm sure if, if Brazil would have played that same Chileans, uh, the same Argentinians, uh, the same German side, I'm sure they would have won. Now, the roster for the ARC for Brazil should be similar to the one for November, uh, since all the team, you know, all the players are pretty much concentrated, uh, mostly in the south of the country. So I give my nod to Brazil on that. That was uh, that was some some deep looking into uh, some South American rugby there. Um, bring it back to uh, to North America, North America. Um, uh, just kind of, you know, sharing your sentiment. I'm feeling really confident about this ARC squad. Um, even just doing a quick run through, I think there are at least 17 Eagles, um, who are playing in the MLR right now. This is including a lot of longtime players, but it's also including a lot of, um, or at least a couple of players, um, like Paul Lusique, who's in Utah, who kind of got fast tracked back up to, um, the Eagles camp. Um, there may be some more coming in the future, but you know that's great to hear there. Um, last year, we won the entire ARC, but we tied Argentina at the very last second to end up winning by bonus points. So this year, I honestly think that we will um, beat Argentina probably only by one score. Um, it will be a close match, at least in my opinion. That's my predictions there. But as for um, as Victor uh, kind of touched a bit on Canada, Canada lost to Uruguay, which um, i trying to find the, the right words for this, but it really sucks for Canada. Um, they lost by nine. Was it by nine? nine points, yeah. Mm-hmm, and nine they had three MLR players on their squad, but um, from, since I actually don't know any Canadians, I really don't know any Canadians that follow rugby, um, based off of the internet, I haven't seen a single... Canadian rugby fan that looks like that they feel like they have a realistic chance of actually going down to Montevideo and beating Uruguay. So looking like Canada is going to have to go through the, uh, the rapid shots, rapid, rapid shot, rapid shots, rapid shots, um, going through that thing. Um, for my quick look, it's likely going to be Canada. I think Hong Kong is one of them. I think an African team is on there too. So probably like Kenya, whoever wins the African cup and then Europe one or Europe two would be like Spain or Germany or something like that. But anyway, Canada sucks right now. That's what, that's, that's what I've been trying to get at. Um, but it's, mm-hmm. it's tough for them right now. That's, that's, that's the biggest point I'm exactly. trying to take away from this. We'll be able to confirm that in a couple of weeks or a month or so. Um, 
lots more action going on for those sides. So that's all that's all I've got for the games so far this weekend. Victor covered a lot from South America, but the USA game, really looking forward to that. Really looking forward to hopefully seeing a lot of um, MLR players in there. Um, it's rugby weekend. I will be seeing it on uh, on my TV. However, I think Aaron will not be seeing it on his TV. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Earful of dirt will be on the ground, deployed forward to... I'm not really deployed, but I'm going to spend the weekend in Los Angeles and then find myself in Carson in the mid-afternoon to watch Argentina 15 take on the uh, United States Eagles. Um, so for me, uh, looking back, the, uh, the Argentina 15, uh, we've tied them twice. And it's like, geez, right? Um the first year, uh, th- their side was mostly a lot of Pumitas, a lot of U20s guys with a few old hands up front. And then last year, they brought in a bunch of cap dudes uh, to fill out the side from the guys that they brought up from that previous U20 side. Last year, you know, Argentina 15 lost in a fixture against the Jaguares 14 to 68. They also played them again 12 to 31. But I will point out that the Jaguars and this um, Argentina 15 side are both dealing with injuries. I mean, some of these Argentina 15s guys are Jaguars players, but they're kind of banged up right now. Um, that said, we're like we're like as healthy in the front row as we've been in a long time, and we've got all of our pros that are have been the mainstays and have been in the program for a while, they're available. So Blaine Scully got on a plane. He's in camp. You know, he had to lead the Cardiff uh, during the Anglo-Welsh this last weekend. So he's in camp now. And uh, he'll be he'll be captaining the side. But we got T. Lamostatelli. He's healthy. He's available. He's going to be um, leading that front row with Joe Tafate at hooker. And then you've got Dina Waldron, who's just been cutting it up in the RFU championship, playing like 40, 50 minutes a game. So, you know, we have our best – Like, we're going to have our best scrum. I mean, we got a little bit of youth in the loose forwards at, uh, at six especially. Um, but you've got Cam Dolan at eight and then Tony Lamborn at seven, so I'm not really worried about it. And then you bring in the back line. It's – it's as good as it's going to get. I mean, it sucks that AJ's injured, but he'll be back for June. Thank God he didn't tear an ACL and he just broke something. Um, I Like Dan, um, I'm looking for a sweep. I'm looking for Gary Gold to install a system. Give us the gold. I, you know, he's going to evaluate players so that he can get ready this summer and start the March 2, 2019 World Cup. And, uh, you know... We're positioned right now to sweep with all the the best players from Europe available, and then our squad is really deep as well. So Canada's really, in order to qualify, they need to get ten points over uh, Uruguay. I mean, I think that it's um, with the uh, Rugby Today article that actually just came out a day or two ago, or even today, um, going a lot over Gary Gold. One interesting fact is he actually didn't. Uh, pick out the squad because he's probably only familiar with um, Joe Tafate and maybe some Dirtalo. other guys. Dirtalo? Yeah, he's not even – Dirtalo's not playing though, is he? Yeah. No, he's not. No. Yeah. Um, so this is definitely going to be a big tester for 
um, for him just to figure out you know more about the squad. He did say that he's definitely going to be watching all the MLR games every single weekend, just like us. So you know we're just like him. Um, but more importantly, I think that you know, even moving past the ARC, and I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but having hopefully two seasons of MLR before the Rugby World Cup, I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing what can happen. I know it's still a limited amount of time, but to see what gold can can do with living in the country, being with these players, seeing them play professionally, um, domestically, and then you know two full seasons of a professional. You know, pro rugby did really wonders for um, for us, and that was only one season. And as far as I'm concerned, it was a pretty short season. So, be great yeah. for next year. When it comes to you know the league, I don't. I'm not really looking to see what this what happens in June because it's about you know the league finishing going through rehab you know doing everything together and then so what happens next like uh, really what happens in the autumn what happens in November is what I'm looking to see starting to be the fruits uh, of the first season and then the fruits of the second season will be you know the July internationals in 2019 because the window moves right um, that's, you know, that, that's where it's going to be great. Um, yeah, I, yeah. Think, I, I think it's really, really great too, is that, um, with the training center being down in Chula Vista and now we actually have some news from San Diego, which is right next to Chula Vista. Uh, it's looking like there's a, there's a couple of players. They're going to be right near training camp. They can, you know, train close to home. Aaron, yeah. I think you, you got some info on that. So San Diego. Legion um, talks Eagles, uh, you know, had a phone call with uh, Matt Hawkins, president and general manager. And uh, he got us the info and, you know, Dan, take it. And so, I mean, I, I really just said this a second ago, but this announcement alone that they came from confirmed five more Eagles. Uh, three were already confirmed. Uh, Ryan Matthias. Um, we have Ryan Matthias, Dylan Odsley, Ben Sima, Mikey Teo, Brett Thompson, Cam Dolan, Nate, Augs- Nate Augsburger, and Anthony Papura. Uh, so it's eight guys. Three were already. Um, but we got five more guys that confirmed um, confirmation from the Legion. This is the first actual confirmation of players from them. We've heard rumors of some others out there through other sources, but this is actual confirmed Eagles who, you know, um, you know, are, are actually some of my more favorite um, Eagles playing. Um, but the other thing that, that I actually realized with reading the announcement was the was really how much of a benefit, not only for the Eagles with the fact that San Diego's right there and there can be capped Eagles playing there, um, makes it very easy for them to come to camp, practice, train with the squad, and as far as I'm concerned, they don't even really have to change their daily routine. Um, they could probably still go to a practice or two for for San Diego, or at least sit in on, um, you know, sit on just going over plays and stuff like that. Um, don't have to move. They don't have to get a hotel, fly halfway across the country. Um, but it's really, other than the beautiful weather, that's that's probably the the top selling point for a lot of potential Eagles or even current Eagles to come. So um, I think three guys came over from Old Blue. I think it was Cam Dolan. Nate Augsburger and uh, Purpura. And 
you know, honestly, we were going back a lot and a lot back and forth a lot on this. Um, and I didn't even think that Cam Dolan or Augsburger would come over from New York. I thought they would stay for a year and come out from the New York side, but clearly San Diego has its benefits. Um, as I said, it's, it's freaking gorgeous there, but it's also a huge benefit to be able to be that close to training camp. Cam Dolan is, I mean, I, I sort of figured that he was brought over to old blue for a reason. And now I guess that reason doesn't exist. Um, Cause I, I figured if there wasn't something going to be happening in New York specifically, uh, he would have found a deal, uh, you know, with an RFU championship side specifically, or even pro D two. But, uh, you know, him, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he stays in San Diego because guess what? San Diego is more like the New York is. Oh yeah. It's more like Florida than, than New York is like Florida. So it's, that's an important thing to, you have to actually bring in the word that you're comparing it to. So we're doing what you're talking about there. <laughs> but yeah, the so, weather, I, I really can't go over how much the weather is nicer there than it is here. If you have a chance to go to San Diego, go, just go. Don't come back. <laughs> well, guys, so it's, it's first of all really good to have a confirmation of players directly from the from the team and not from a third party like we've been getting lately. Now, the players that we know of uh, all have a good track record, and I kind of wait to see the rest of the team. Also, really happy as uh, Dan mentioned to have a couple of players from All Blue in San Diego, specifically Cam uh, Cam Dolan. Although I would wait for him to stay here in New York City, but oh well, it's what it is. Aaron. Thanks. Um, so, yeah, we did a lot of work on this, right? It took us about um, – kind of held on to it. It took us about a week. Um, we're pretty sure of about three or four more other guys based on multiple, um, like, confirmation. But if this is the foundation of San Diego – at least talent-wise, they're going to be one of the stronger teams. I mean, eight eight guys in the Eagles pool for the ARC. Are you kidding me? Like, that's more than Glendale, right? Awesome. Wow. Like, that's that's yeah. intense. And it's not even oh. it's not even like just, just eight fringe players. Like, Cam Dolan played professionally and probably would still be playing professionally if there weren't caps on foreign players. Um, Augsburg was the starting scrum half uh, and fullback. Uh I lost everyone else. Everyone else is good too. Anthony Prepper has been playing for years. Um, yeah, I mean, it's you look at you look at the side, man. Uh, you've got the I would say second choice um, and top choice domestically available loosehead in Purpura. Um, You know the um, if Samu Manoa is not available, uh, Cam Dolan is the top choice uh, eight. But even if he is available, Cam needs to be on the field because he's just that talented, you know. Um, but I'm very pleased with what Matt Hawkins has done in CPC. Yeah, it's kind of hard to hide that hide Cam Dolan in San Diego. Is he seven foot ten or something? Hard, hard to get that. Um, but one other point that actually I think is really important too is is we have eight Eagles who are making up the foundation of San Diego. Um, we're not sure what their death their death players will look like. However, going back to the point I was saying before, the fact that San Diego is one such a warm and beautiful place to be in, and two, um, it's much closer to the Eagles' training camp. That I think that that's going to be really attractive for fringe players or players who really want to get a shot 
and become a capped eagle, let's just say, um, you know, a, a recent college grad who um, just wants to live the life in San Diego and get closer to training camp. I mean, that's a huge draw for them right there. So that's something that I think will really help out a lot. Um, but here we go. Moving on again, Victor, I think you've got some, uh, some notes to talk about because we have some more announcements about roster coming up in, uh, Sunny Glendale. Aaron, you want to take that one or should I? Oh, yeah. So let's, let's head into Glendale. So Glendale released their, you know, their roster today. Um, as Victor, um, noted in the, uh, in the email chain before we went live is that they only have 25 guys. I, I'm not really concerned per se with this, but I, you know, the rumored max training squad is, you know, 35 because we haven't gotten Nick Benson on an AMA or on a line out yet to get all the exact details, but you know, it's a pretty strong squad of 25 dudes. Uh, it's most of the guys that they had, with the Merlins, um, there's a few guys that aren't that are just gonna they're gonna play D1, and then but I think they their program has depth in itself because they have a D, a D1, they have a D2, and they have a U20 program. So if they need to bring guys up that know their that know Dave Williams' system, they have them. Victor. Mm-hmm. So. Many of the expected players, of course, are in the squad, guys, such as John Quill, Will McGee, and I told you, Aaron, McGee, not Maggie. See, I told you. Uh, Bryce Campbell, uh, Maximo Dachaval, Sean Davis, Zafri Noio, uh, Seth Halliburton, of course, we already knew uh, from the photo shoot with the, the, the jerseys, uh, and Shaq London, who, who was one of my favorite players in the first ARC. Now, what I'm really surprised is that none of the Georgian players that were in the Raptors were in this team. And I don't know if they brought them straight from Georgia, but um, the only team that I knew of in USA that had Georgian players, Georgian props, or forwards at least, was Glendale. And none of them made this 25. Now, what I'm thinking is, if a player gets injured, what happens? I mean, I would assume that they will grab someone from the Merlins D1 or one of the kids from the U20s if, if it's really good. But, um, but yeah, I'm just really surprised that we only announced 35 players. But who knows? They may bring the other 10 to make that 35 uh, before the start of the season. Who knows? Dan, go ahead. Um, I think Josh, Josh actually had a good point to follow up on that. Yeah, my only concern with Glendale is their locks, because outside of Casey Rock and Ben Landry, they don't have anyone above 6'4 on either their D1 or their D2 rosters. Um, I'm not sure about their under-20 roster at the moment. Um, but to Victor's point, the Georgians are on the D1 roster. Yeah. Mm, oh, there we go. Thank you. Yeah, and we're going with that, too, if they're playing a team like Houston, which everyone thinks is going to contend with them, just based on their professional subs so far and the fact they have this long season, they're going to contend with them. And they're playing against um, Houston with, I think, two locks that are over six foot eight. They're, they're giants. So if they get an injury to one of these guys and they have to deal with someone who's five or six inches shorter, that could be a huge draw right there against Glendale. And that could really mess everything up. Um, I mean, they just got to hope that there's uh, 
they have no issues with the locks there. Right. Um, so I think that wraps it up. We're moving fast tonight, guys. So, so, so were there were there playing? Were there were were there player signings this week other than San Diego? I don't. Yeah. Just no, San Diego. Just yeah, eight the, plus the Raptors. That's twenty-five. Yeah, exactly. yeah it, <laughs> you know, last week it was just San Diego. That's right. We've got a. Yeah. You know, we're doing really well in time. We do you want to go over all thirty-three players right now? Yeah. No. <laughs> Not gonna happen. Dude. <laughs> no thanks. That's a lot. We'll be here but, um, in the morning talking about so, players. Tweet of the week. Although Dan has one, there was one from Mama Malcolm that I thought might have <laughs> made it. You know, but Dan, tweet of the week. This one apparently won out. Um, actually, also has to do with uh, one of the Malcolms, Pete. Obviously, the our second favorite. Um, tweet from Austin Elite Rugby. Hash, uh, no, hashtag quotes. Catch me if you can at Big Pete Eight. Uh, thank you for letting us play with you, Huns Youth Rugby. Um, all the credits, USMLR, hashtag everything like that. And there's a there's a great picture there with <laughs> with Pete running from some of the kids in um, in the youth rugby program. But he's got like the biggest smile, <laughs> biggest smile on. Um, I definitely go go check it out. Um, Pete was actually just a guest on uh, the guy that almost replaced me, uh, Rugby City. Um, mm-hmm. He was a guest in Rugby City, so go check it out. Um, lots of good tidbits in there about the upcoming season. Um, some of the coaches and a lot of their training sessions too. But um, good luck, Pete. Uh, hope you do well. Hope you do um, do good things down in South America and in California. So um, we love you. That's all I got to say there. But <laughs> <laughs> and, and on to our our new topic: trending topics. Josh. Yeah, so this is my fault for not mentioning this earlier, but for Military Appreciation Night, it's all current and former military members get 20% off of tickets. Just show your ID at the box office. And then our other our other topic was Glendale took a trip. The Glendale coaches took a trip to the UK in early December. They met with the London Irish, the Harlequins, and Bath. They talked about the academy setups, about pay, about structure, about dealing with the rules. Um all the teams were inquisitive about Glendale setup and about MLR as a whole. Um, they talked with Bath specifically about an exchange between Raptors Academy players and Bath players to get the Raptors Academy guys training in a English Premiership Academy and to get Bath players more match time. I think this is this was really awesome. It, it was an uh, unexpected story for me to see, um, but just the lengths of what they're what they're doing right now, um, meeting with quite a few Premiership clubs, and really looking into you know every aspect: academy um, training sessions for their pro team, um, tickets, concessions, um, comparing their their stadiums with us, and and I think they also said though, Infinity Park. I guess one advantage it has is the fact that it's right in the middle of Glendale, um, as really built into the actual town as opposed to a stadium that's, you know, 15 miles outside the city just because there's more space. So this is something that's really great um, and compares a lot to a lot of these English uh, premiership clubs where you'd be watching a game and you'd just see like a church in the background or you see like, you know, the whole town basically in the background. So it brings out that whole 
aspect. And that's something that they really want to want to bring in. The fact that their head coach is from England, Dave Williams, also terrific. And at the very end um, of that article, I mentioned that Dave is actually staying for a little bit longer. I think he was going to meet with um, some other executives or, or something like that and just prolong his trip a bit further. So this is just great to see that the professional team is actually really taking these strides to get to the next level. And uh, Dan mentioned that Glendale's Infinity Park is in the middle of the city. It, it really is. you got the fire department, the police department attached to the stadium, and the post office is like right across the street. Um, so that's always good to see. But thanks for reading the website, and we'll have more content as the season gets closer. So moving on to uh, views, news, and abuse. So – Guys, jump in whenever you desire. So this is really more news. Um, Dallas held their combine. They had it, it looked forty. Um, Mike Ford was out there as well as the entire uh, University of North Texas staff. Um, based on the photos, I mean, there were only about ten photos, so it really didn't tell a story. But there was this dude that had a ginormous vert. Um, Get your Glendale season tickets. And apparently Houston beat the brakes off James Bay so bad that they got stuck in Houston last night. <laughs> but um, And then, like, it looks like Rugby United New York's uh, social and uh, website, and they even have a LinkedIn page, is up. Um, that is a rebrand already from Rugby Club New York, although right. not really a fan of Rugby United New York. I am really. Yeah, that's no, no. Get get, get your Europeanness <laughs> out. out. It's not even. It's not even like European rugby. It's that's European that's soccer. soccer. Um, probably think, Rugby United. I have a feeling and this is my theory, that they're going to rebrand again, but they wanted to pick a name, and they picked Rugby Club New York, which also happens to be almost the exact same thing as New York Rugby Club. So it caused a lot of confusion. I saw many articles that said that New York Rugby Club was going to become the professional team, um, and that, I mean, it gave us more exposure that way, and people talked about it in that sense. But the guys from New York probably went to him and, and said, you know, you should probably change it from RCNY because it's too similar to NYRC. So I think there would be another rebrand, maybe not the first season, but at least one point in the future, I hope, because Rugby United, the only benefit is that um, I'm hoping that United by Judas Priest is the um, the theme song, the anthem, but otherwise I got I got nothing on United. <laughs> And also, guys, when you get a chance, those of you listening or watching our YouTube live stream, make sure to check out the the RUNY logo, which it mimics uh, the the colors of the New York City flag, which are blue, white, and orange. Uh, mostly blue and orange, really, a little bit of white, but it looks very similar to the colors of the New York Knicks or the New York Islanders, uh, or Mets. I think that's another team too. Mets. That's someone mentioned. But in any Mets. case, the Mets. Oh, the New York man, the Mets. Wow, dude, I'm a Mets fan, and I forgot that I'm a horrible Mets oh, fan. You hate baseball. You're not a Mets. But in any case, 
Yeah, no, but dude, come on, Dominican, bro. Baseball. I should know this things. Hey, their logo would look a lot better with the colors reversed. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I, I do agree. I do agree with Josh. I think it looks better blue orange instead of orange blue, but yeah. what it is. whenever I see like an orange base and blue color, um the Mets do that sometimes, but it's like it's almost like it's specifically like a summer uh kind of thing or like a spring training kind of uh jersey. I really am not the biggest fan of it. It kind of stands out as too loud. Um but go with the blue, go with the nice you know, dark blue and just have some like orange. That's all you need. I guess I jumped in a little too early there. You guys were still talking and I just pop up out of nowhere. So sorry about that. Well, uh, Corey Mumsum, everybody. Hey, how's it going? Uh, show sounding fantastic guys. I'm loving the, uh, nice tight format, doing some solid work there. So good work. I'm here, uh, because it's time for questions from Bob. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I was thinking about this actually just a little bit ago. We actually haven't had any questions from Bob, the man himself, for a while. And I'm wondering, I mean, did he get lost in the deserts of Utah and just kind of wandered off? Or what happened? I, we kind of miss him. So, Bob, Shout if you're listening, Bob, yeah, uh, hit us up with some questions, man. Uh, maybe the Warriors are just doing such a good job promoting themselves. He doesn't have any questions. I don't know. But we do have some. So let's start us off. Um, I am going to guess this is Suge, Suge14. You feel free to correct me. Let's go with that. Yeah, Suge14 from our Reddit page. Uh, again, that's reddit.com slash r slash mlrugby. Suge14 would like to know, how much parity should we expect in the first season of MLR? Should we expect it to get better or worse in 2019 and onward? So I think it we're talking be, the competition itself between the teams. Yeah, that's uh, that's one I don't think we've really dug into much. So who wants to lead us off there? Aaron. Two questions really is what that is. Um, first season, I think, especially since now knowing the foundation of the San Diego team, I think it's going to be pretty decent. Like they're – I think Glendale – well, well, I might reevaluate my pick of Glendale because they're now only training two days a week. Um, I wonder if their training will shift if the teams they face are, like, going to be a lot tougher. Uh, you know, because two days a week is still, like, club rugby training sessions, to be honest. But in 2019, when there's a possible possibility of 12 teams, um, it could drop. You know, because it's going to be harder to fill out the rosters with professional, like, talent. So It really, it really depends on how many teams <clears throat> are introduced in 2019. Because I don't think the first season will be that bad. Um, they seem to be getting a lot of different talent from different places. Um, second year, we're looking at most likely New York, Ontario, maybe Vancouver. Dallas keeps saying that they're coming in next year. Um, Chicago apparently said they were before. So anywhere from three to five or six teams. Um, as for New York and the two Canadian sides, I think they'll be able to field a team relatively easily without um, losing too much depth compared to the other teams. But if you start doing Dallas, if you start doing Chicago, um, I think that's when it's going to really start hitting down. Because there's only so many players you can co- you can get. Unless they have a lot of money Josh. and be able to bring in, you know, five people, um, five international people. 
<laughs> Sorry. That, that's actually good. Good thing you mentioned, Dan. But we we know the five international caps. Could that expand as we get more teams? I think that it should. To I mean, I think it should extend, expand to ultimately maybe ten for game day, um, depending on how many squads there are. But maybe it can go to seven for next year. I'm just think, guessing here. I think ten eight, seems like way too many. I think eight total on your match day squad is a is a decent number because like currently they're saying five on match day, which mirrors the USA Rugby. Um, rule so you go eight that's three more so you can bring in some like box and props but if you look at um i i don't know how canadians are judged but they've got what is it like i judge them pretty hard partially eight eight canadian players so if it's five are canadians judged um as just you know canada's going to be in the league next year so they're just you know north u.s and canadians you know you're good Right, I, I think that has to be how it is. It doesn't make sense otherwise. Let's look at um, let's look at Houston. They're bringing in a lot of Irish guys, and then that plays into what uh, our like the captain's run blogger. I forget his name. Antonin Echevarria, I think, is the name. Um, stated was like, well, if the player already has a work visa and a green card they won't be able to like the league won't be able to legally stop the guy from working um, yeah, the, based on us law. Yeah. And the other thing that's also confusing is when they say uh, a foreign player, what I want to know is, does that just mean anyone who is from outside the country and they have to give him a work visa or in the case of um, someone like Charlie Hewitt, who was brought in, he's uncapped by any country. He was brought in, right before the cutoff. So he can, in three years, he will be eligible to be a USA Eagle. Um, does he count as a foreign player in that sense? Because he will in the future have the chance or yeah. in three years, will he count as a foreign player still because of that? That's, that's the, well, that's the, so that's been like a pain in club rugby with teams like, you know, old blue James bird is a capped Eagle, but somehow because he doesn't have a U.S. passport was, still considered like foreign. Um, <laughs> that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Wild. Right. Um, so it just depends. We, we really are in the wild West, but I think that they're going to need some, some extra foreign talent to help this up. And I don't think they're going to go old with that talent either because we're seeing um, Houston, they're bringing in young. And, you know, they might have, you know, a 30, 31 year old from, you know, the islands, but I, I don't see a lot of European talent coming in at 35. The, the other thing too, with that is, um, I'm, I remember reading somewhere that Kennedy, you know, being Irish um, and in New York, especially had interest in specifically looking to Ireland for some Academy players or younger players, but also in, the the 42 i think that's what it is that's uh the irish news where uh tige leader i think that's how you pronounce Tag his leader, name yeah i think it's tige i had an irish guy say this tige 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 whatever so he was the one who's actually saying that he can definitely see a lot of um younger irish guys who um 
didn't make the provincial team. They didn't make Munster or whatever. And that's all they were going for. They didn't care about going anywhere else and they didn't make it. So they just went back to playing in the all Ireland league, which is their, their top level club. So there's guys who are really talented, but aren't going out for professional sides and they're still young. So someone you can easily take over and they can come play professionally. And even in someday in the future, be capped by, by Eagles if they really wanted to, but there's, he's just saying that it, it, he can definitely see tons of people, especially Irish where it's sort of a, a thing for them to come over here in New York and the U S and just live here for a bit. Um, that can definitely be the case on that. So something similar to what happened with AJ that he came to the States to play and go to school. So again, same thing could happen to a couple of other a young a Irish players coming here to the States. But going back as to the original question again, how much parity should we expect in the, in this first season? I would assume it should be good, should be quite close. And should we expect it to get better or worse from 2019 onward? I would assume it would get better. But you can but of course it all depends on the type of talent that you have in in each squad, obviously. Uh, you can only have so many uh, cap players in those new teams. And the fact that, of course, those teams are going to be made, made up mostly of local players plus others coming from other areas of the country for, and from overseas, I would assume something, again, should, things would be get better in terms of parity. At least uh, those are my expectations. Continue on. Sounds good. Well, thanks, guys, for your input on that. Uh, I and Suj14 appreciate it. Next up, we got one of the better names coming out of uh, Reddit right now. Um, Crypto Man Beard would like to know, uh, and I, I paraphrased this, FYI, this isn't a direct quote, but this is what he meant to say. Why aren't teams putting their preseason matches on Twitch or YouTube right now? Um, I... No. So Nola's is on Facebook, Gift Time Rugby. Um, the I'm pretty sure that since the preseason doesn't fall under any TV things, the preseason fixtures that are at uh, Glendale will go on the Infinity Park feed. And in, they spend about like $30,000 on a production. So it's going to be pretty high quality. Um uh, I, I don't know. I know that for one, Uruguay requested that there be no match film made available, um, for the Houston one. Uh, I know that Grant Cole is talking to him about this. So it'd be, it'd be interesting knows? to see, even if they don't get all the, all the games, the constellation feel for Houston, if they could at least get the ones where they're playing against other MLR teams, I think that. That would be well, good just to get something. The so, gift time is broadcasting SaberCats at Nola Gold. Yes, preseason in March. So we will see at least two teams playing, guaranteed. But other than that, I, mean, I wish that they they did have more of a, a formal structure for some of this. I understand that it's kind of on their own to do these things and pick out these games, but like we're just kind of learning about some other preseason matches for um, Utah and Glendale and stuff like that. Um, 
I'm still confused and I forget exactly who's hosting who and who's doing what and what, what day it is. And it, it, they just finally put it on the website, except for the, I think the Houston matches. So it would have been nice if there was more of a, a concise structure that you could see here are all the games and at least mention that it's not going to be telecast or televised. Um, Cause a lot of people were asking for streaming. By the way, so far, guys, the only pl game from uh, MLR that isn't on YouTube is actually the Nola Gold Capital Selects one. Uh, so hopefully, other uh, games will go to the platform yeah. as the as the league goes along. That's for everyone else who does not know that. By the way, um, by the way, uh, he also mentioned Twitch. Twitch is for video games, so it really work for rugby anyway. So if it's a platform. It's only going to be YouTube or, or Facebook video. Uh, by the way, uh, going back to Glendale real quick, uh, since we were talking about the, the, the official roster, uh, as I was reading through the article, I also noticed that the they didn't mention about the games being broadcast on, uh, on CBS Sports. Well, the home games are going to be broadcast through AT&T Sports, which I didn't even know AT&T had a sports channel. Oh, yeah. So... So every team, so Matt, James Kennedy made this aware in his interview. Every team has a local broadcast deal. So if you're in that market, you get to watch those home games through that a local cable provider. So Spectrum cool. Sports or something like that. Like you get to watch them. It's like it's like the Fox Sports regional channels. Yeah. So you get to watch him through there, and it's still like a local channel. That's why I love the, the interviews with James. He just he just talks. He just <laughs> he knows what he wants to say. He just says it, and that's that. Well, he went on to his tab. He went on to his tablet to make sure he was like saying the right. Thing. <laughs> yeah. So he he wasn't just saying things that he knew he shouldn't say. He was checking it first to make sure that it was kosher. So, um, yep. Corey, you've got another question. Yeah, I got one more for you guys. Uh, that was really interesting, though. Thanks. Uh, so this one is m more of a statement, and I'd just kind of like to have your reaction to it. So this is the last one for the night. Uh, so Liam Zarugger wants to know, looking at the San Diego roster, it's definitely not short on talent, which we've talked about already tonight. Uh, but I'm afraid what the lack of advertising is going to do to crowd turnout. Uh, and I'm assuming when we're talking, especially when the regular season gets here. So are you guys concerned about this? Yes and no. Um, yes, for obvious reasons. There's very little advertising. And I am afraid that it may turn off some people from treating it like a professional um, team because they're, they're hearing that there is a team and just hearing nothing about it for so long. Um, now we have players, so that is a bit of a different story. Um, but I also say no at the same time because, you know, when pro came around, San Diego really got into it. They really got into the rugby. Um, if I'm not mistaken, they had some of the larger crowds. Or it could be yeah. – okay. So they had some of the larger crowds. Um, I don't really remember much or any advertising at all. You know, I'm not in San Diego, so I wouldn't necessarily know. But – from what I know, they didn't really advertise that much. They still got lots of fans that came out. San Diego's a bit of a hub for that. And um, I'm really hoping they can do something with the um, the naval base nearby or, or something like that, really get everyone involved and make it that community feel. Um, so long story short, yes, I think it will affect it. But no, I think they'll, they'll still 
be fine, at least for the first season. Corey, the only thing work, I was going to say about work, that. You work in a place where you have to sell ads. Yeah. Right? I do. Um, and I don't personally have to sell ads, but we do have people that uh, sell ads for us. Um, you know, and that's obviously one of the concerns when you're looking at uh, building, you know, needing money to run a team. Uh, but what I will say about San Diego is they have been fantastically uh, open and supportive of rugby. Uh, and you just have to look at what they did for the breakers here a couple of years ago. And a lot of those fans have now come over and uh, switch sides and are fully leaning into uh, the Legion. So that's, that's encouraging. So I think uh, San Diego is one of the few places in the country where that's not quite as steep of a hill to climb. I mean, it's a rugby smart city in my opinion. So, uh, where Houston had to do, I felt like they've excelled at doing a lot of education. I think it was more needed there, where in San Diego, maybe they'll get away with not having as much education necessary. Eh, I think the the education was just free marketing, to be honest. Um, it's like, hey, new sports team, let's do rugby laws. Hey, guess what? It's just a, a free air channel, so they give you five minutes to talk about rugby. And, you know, that channel reaches the whole Metro. And yeah, the Facebook videos for those got like 3,000 watches, 3,000 views each. That's easy to get that. And, like, that that's, I mean, I guess we can talk about media complaints uh, later on because Corey has one. So, but, um, yeah, I think this is what I know. So let's look at Houston's social reach right now, right? They've got 21,000 Facebook likes. Um, they have outstripped Glendale and outstripped like the league itself. Right now, uh, San Diego Legion is sitting around 800. So that if you're going to just use your platform to push your message and not use and like not go to the papers or anything, currently they only can like without it being shared and you liking it so that it shows up on your feed, it can only reach 800 people. And all of us are one of those likes. Minus five. So. Yeah. As we actually, um, we have a, it, it's pretty interesting to, to, to look at. We have um, one of our, our Redditors, um, Aggie Rugger, I think his name is Nick. Um, he actually, tracks all the social media for Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And he makes a chart every single month, just updating us on where everything is. Houston took a huge jump after they played Seattle um, and um, Vancouver. But it's really interesting to see that, that Houston has 21,000 Facebook likes. I think MLR has 15,000. Everyone after that has like, you know, 11,000 or less. So it's a huge difference. Um, However, Houston's Twitter page actually has it's probably middle of the pack uh, for all the others. So it's really interesting to see that just having the content just from preseason so far, but having the content, showing videos, showing things that are going on, the rugby laws, everything like that, that makes a big difference when it comes to something like Facebook or Instagram where people interact that way, um, where maybe Twitter doesn't make as much sense, but Twitter's great for score updates or something like that. 
So I'd really love to see what will happen to all the other Facebook accounts once the league starts off and there's actual content for them to share, post on Facebook and get people involved. I think that'll be really, you know, really great to follow that. What about you, Victor? Anybody, anybody else have any thoughts on that one? No, I was good, guys. No okay. worries. All right. So moving into final thoughts, uh, I've got one, then Corey has one, and then Victor will take you home. Uh, so Matt Simons on his website, uh, he is a lock with London Wasps, um, wrote about the MLR. And I think it's very important to, to take note of this. Uh, he's saying a lot of senior premiership players are paying attention because they may want to come play here. Uh, in the future. But he's also saying, like, looking at the opportunity for like younger academy guys that may not make it, that are really good players, but that just get stuck in the system. And, you know, the one I can look at there is like Charlie Hewitt. You know, he's six foot eight, was the England U19 captain. You know, he you're looking at a four or five star recruit who gets stuck because there's a million locks in the England system. And then, so, and then, you know, there's a million locks in, in the Wooster system because there was a dude that was six foot nine that was in the academy right behind him. Uh, so it's nice to see that the players are now paying attention to what is coming. Dan. Yeah. So I actually just looked up the actual jump um, from the end of December of 2017 to January. Uh, January is obviously when Houston had their matches. They went from 10,000 Facebook likes to about 21,000 in a period of two or three weeks. So that's just to show you that how big of a jump that made. That's all I got to say. About that's really that. interesting. So uh, my quick final thought for the night is I did and I uh, tweeted about this a few weeks ago, so I just kind of wanted to follow up because there's another prime example of what I've been talking about today. Um, I really appreciate the amount of overseas news coverage, or not even overseas, but international news coverage that Major League Rugby has received. Uh, so published today was a story from um, the Canadian News Service, which was also picked up by... Um, uh, CBC, Canadian Broadcast Company, uh, about um, the amount of Canadians in the Seattle uh, on the Seattle team, which is awesome. Uh, and then there's, of course, the Guardian uh, out of England has done some fantastic coverage, including just a week or two ago. Um, they had a really nice write up on, I believe it was the Houston Uruguay uh, match. These things are really exciting to get. Uh, this attention and you know kind of like that blog post that Aaron was talking about it's talking about attention being paid overseas but we need to get uh, homegrown coverage too why isn't ESPN talking about this why isn't ABC News talking about this you know at least one freaking story on their website I'm not even talking about nightly news or anything like this. Good morning, America. It doesn't have to be anything that big, but this is something pretty important that's happening in this country. It's going to change, you know, it's going to be an addition, if not change the face of professional sports in, in America and in two countries, frankly, in America and Canada. Um, 
but it's just it's blackout other than some locals channels and some local publications talking about it so i guess i'm just frustrated with the lack of buy-in from media outlets in our country and i think that's something that needs to change so i'll go ahead and step down from my soapbox i don't know if anybody had any reactions to that you feel free to comment otherwise victor will let you take us home man go ahead josh before i jump in well i guess branching off of Corey's topic about media we're doing our best um we had an article a couple weeks ago about our way too early mlr predictions um, season standing predictions, and hopefully this week we'll get out with another. Go ahead, Victor. Awesome. Now, uh, real quick, going back with what was what um, what Corey was mentioning, um, I, I agree. By the way, Corey, with with, with the point that you made, um, how I don't know how come we're not getting any any promotion from well, from promotion is not the word, in, or any reactions of the league from major. Uh, sports outlets like like ESPN, which is definitely one of the main ones. Um, NBC Sports, I don't think, hasn't mentioned anything of, of it. And SP, and just like ESPN, they also carry rugby. So I don't know. What's, I really do not know how come we're not really getting a lot of uh, mentions of Major League Rugby from media outlets here in the United States. Uh, who knows? Maybe as the season goes on, maybe, or probably by next year, when things have established, but I, I don't know, really. I'm like I'm super confused on well, that. But I do hope that they're coming uh, soon. Yeah, go ahead, Dan. No, I think it'll happen. I think. I mean, we're saying like, why isn't ESPN talking about this right now? It's like, well, um, first of all, a lot of people don't have a dedicated, I guess, rugby um, journalist. Um, it's not like there's a new. Um, semi-pro football league that's coming out um, or professional football league or something like that. Um, so first of all, they don't really have um, dedicated rugby journalists to follow it. Um, second of all, even if they did, maybe they just didn't hear about major league rugby. I mean, it's, it's still new. Um, it's the season hasn't started yet. Um, people have found it if they happen to be in a certain area, but what actually did happen, you know, um, local radio broadcast from ESPN, which is not technically the same. Um, they do cover it for, for Houston, uh, for, I think, uh, Glendale, they get a lot of local media that may be, uh, backed by a larger, um, you know, a larger ESPN or, or CBS or something like that broadcaster. Um, hopefully CBS will really do a lot and, they don't have to hire someone specifically just to cover this, but even just get like a freelance guy, have them talk about major league rugby or have them just talk about rugby in general. I mean, they're showing this. So it's in their best interest to have at least one article a week. Once the season actually starts. Um, that's the issue I would have if they don't do something like that. Yeah. Well, thanks guys. I appreciate the uh, support on that. And uh, you're right. Uh, Josh, uh, what we're doing with the website and what a lot of other um, website-based blogs and uh, news outlets are doing is is important and valuable, and it's all we got right now. So we're going to keep uh, carrying that torch for the league, and we're going to keep writing about it. And that's one of the reasons we launched uh, EarfulOfDirt.com was so we could bring folks that uh, high-quality journalistic uh, content. So, Yeah. Uh, we'll just keep doing what we're doing and uh, let everybody else figure out their own shit. 
I can swear after 10 o'clock, right? <laughs> All right, Victor. Yeah, you can, sir. That you can. Take us home, man. Beautiful, guys. So you got it. Well, guys, with all of that said, we have come to an end of another beautiful episode of Earful of Dirt. Keep in mind, make sure to subscribe to our channel called Earful of Dirt. That's at YouTube, Earful of Dirt Podcast. Make sure to also like us, uh, like us excuse me, on our social media platforms, such as Facebook, Earful of Dirt, on Twitter at Earful Dirt. Same thing on Instagram, posting pictures every time, every day. That's my round, by the way. Uh, speaking of Instagram, a quick shout out to Ryan Matias for a correction on a post that I put. I actually messed up his height. I put he was five one instead of six one. So again, Ryan, thank you for the sh- uh, thank you for the correction there and shout outs to you. Uh, also, guys, make sure to check out our website, of course. Of course, excuse me, earfulofdirt.com. If you are not, have not done so already, make sure to uh, subscribe. Well, not really subscribe, but make sure to uh, add us to your feed on on iTunes, Acast, Google Play, Stitcher, Player FM, and make sure to leave us a review. Uh, uh, by the way, if the review is going to be less than five stars, please make sure that is um, constructive criticism, please. Thank you very much. You know who you are. Uh, and also, guys, make sure to call us uh, at our phone number, which is one seven two zero six hundred two six seventy nine. And of course, make sure to drop us a voicemail there. And of course, make sure to join us on our live broadcast at 10 p.m. Eastern. Excuse me, 10, yeah, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific time. And with all that, guys, uh, like I said, my name is Victor. That was uh, Corey. That was Aaron. That was Dan. That was Josh. And we will see you next week. Thank you for listening. Good night, guys. Connect with Earful of Dirt anytime. We're on Facebook and Twitter as Earful of Dirt. You can email us at earfulofdirt at gmail.com or call and leave us a voicemail at 720-600-2679. Until next time, for Aaron, Dan, and Victor, I'm Corey. Thanks for joining us. 